the precise origin of the cowbell as a fixture at Mississippi State remains unclear. The best records have cowboys, cowboys, cowbells gradually introduced to the MSU sports scene in the late 30s, early 40s. Okay. The most popular legend is that during a home football game between State and Mississippi, a Jersey cow wandered onto the playing field. Mississippi State soundly whipped the Rebels that Saturday, and State College students immediately adopted the cow as a good luck charm. Students are said to have contributed bringing a cow to football games for a while until the practice was eventually discontinued in favor of just bringing the cow's bell. That's what I was going to say before John didn't let me talk. <laughs> That's right. You knew. <laughs> Welcome into the Plank Show on the Rev. I knew that. How's it going, dude? How are you on this Tuesday? You're getting ready to dip for a bit, right? Yeah, Is just, that right? just for a, a quick bit. But uh, good morning. I'm doing well, my friend. How are you? I, um, I have a confession to make. This is, this is a confession. And I, so I just, if you're coming here for analysis of Monday Night Football last night, I had to turn it off. That was terrible. First uh, team this season to win without a touchdown? That and you have you have cultivated my love of defensive oriented football, right? This used to be a hey Teddy likes defensive football, so I like defensive oriented games. But you have shown me the light, right? You've we love about it all. Iowa. We love it all. But last night wasn't good defensive football. Last night was just bad football, and I love football. I mean, I love it. But even I reached a point where it was, ah, uh, yeah, so much for the pastor not. Hey, everyone, everyone reaches a point where their things come back to earth just a little bit. So if you're coming here today to recap the Bears' 12 to 10 win over the Vikings, or even further in-depth breakdowns of the cowbell, I think we're good. I think we've we've done what we need to do for this program, right? Indeed. We've delivered on that front. It was bad, man. So, 24 hours, I guess maybe 48 hours if you really want to get into it. Since we learned that Oklahoma needs a new offensive coordinator, no surprise as to how quiet it is. Um, I'm not going to lie. I don't know how to tell because every single time I go look on anyone's – the algorithms on X and Twitter are so messed up. I don't know what's what. So whenever you tweet at me or whenever you send a Knippemeyer Chevrolet text and and you're like, but he has just started following all of these people and, and, and all of these people have followed him when we're talking about Sharon Moore. I don't – I don't know when they started following him. I mean, you guys can figure that out more than me, but – that is as big of a tell to me as, I mean, or that is not a big tell to me. If anything, it concerns me because that to me sounds like an OC that might be trying to poach. It's like, look, all of our guys followed him. You really, you think that's good? Okay. Yeah, until he has <laughs> accepted the job, it's not necessarily a great thing. I, I, don't, I don't know if that's a good thing or not, and everyone wants to tell me it is. But I, I liked what... 
I liked what Eli put together this morning. I liked what he and – and, again, Eli, I don't know if you're an early riser or I don't know if you did it this morning. But Eli Letterman over at uh, the world – I'm sorry, over at Sellout Crowd put together a to-do list for the OU offensive coordinator. And when you bug out, I'm going to roll through this and then we'll get all y'all's takes and then when you come back, we'll we'll dive into it more in depth. I think it's good. I like it. It was Now – the other part of it is you might be smarmy like I am sometimes on things like that and say, well, I know what he needs to do. He needs to score points and win games. Why the heck do I need a to-do list for an offensive coordinator whenever it's a very simple job? Oh, I'm sorry, someone put, you make Jackson Arnold happy, and that's the only thing you need to do, as someone texted to the show yesterday. But there are there are no names that have popped. I think I honestly Josh, I think the only name outside of internal candidates and theories, the only name that's really kind of leaked out there right now is Brennan Marion. He's the UNLV offensive coordinator, former University of Tulsa wide receiver. And I reached out to the dude that had that report and I haven't heard back yet. But I don't necessarily know – I don't know, Josh, if there is a – I don't know if there is a name that is going to wow – or all right, let me rephrase that, shock anyone. I think we have spread that web where we've covered the gamut of as many different people as we could possibly consider for this job. Now, I'll be the first one to tell you, when Bob – when Coach Stoops hired an offensive coordinator in – 15 when he hired Lincoln. I don't remember Lincoln Riley's name being among like that first wave. I, I, I was thinking about it this morning and I, it is eight years ago. So I didn't go dig too terribly deep on it. Oh, you got to go. All right. Peace out. Josh is out for a little bit. He's got to go do uh KREF sports.tv work. And here comes TJ to dump all over Josh. I Heupel. just uh, slid in. <laughs> Uh, by the way, fun show this morning. John, was John over-caffeinated this morning, or what was going there's on? Sometimes I do think there's a few Red Bulls that happen before 6 a.m. with John. Good, good. So, yeah. Good, okay. <laughs> but the point that we're making here is, and I don't know what you guys discovered in all three of your hours this morning, but there's no wild card yet. And there is no confirmed visits to Norman. There is no confirmed Brent Venable visits to places yet. No, and I don't know that I've seen one consensus by everybody. You right. know, sometimes there's that one guy, and you got to have him and go get this guy, and I haven't really seen that. There's a lot of people that kind of think it's going to come within, and Seth or uh, Wells or someone's going to end up with that job, but I haven't seen that one name from the outside that people seem to have fallen in love with. Yeah, not yet. No. Every, it's funny. A lot of people will fall in love with the guy based on – their own feels on it, right? Well, Seth Luttrell was a fullback at Oklahoma. He loves OU. That's the guy. And you're like, well, you know, Seth Luttrell runs a different offense, or at least has consistently run a different – no, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'm like, okay, all right, you know. Hey, what about – you know, I I brought up a couple of former coaches that worked with with Brent Venables yesterday, right? Jeff Scott is a name that was always interesting to me if this ever happened. But – 
he's kind of fallen off the radar. He went to UCF and failed. Ah, he failed as a head coach. I'm like, well, you're not hiring him as a head coach. That's my thing with the head coach <laughs> failure. If you were a good coordinator, maybe that's what you're built to <laughs> exactly. be. Exactly. Like, I do believe in that with roles with guys. Like, some of 100%. them just aren't cut out to be a head coach, but they can be an outstanding coordinator. 100% TJ Perry. But I just, I guess my point, this is a long-winded way of saying, I come to you bearing no new news. We still, it's the same list that we were working off yesterday. Thought um, you would have breaking news at 9 a.m. as I, soon as we got off today. I, I just, I didn't know. I I firmly expect this to be something that might take a bit. I, And then as soon as I say that, I'm countered with the portal window opens on Sunday. The early signing period is right around the corner. You've got to get someone in there. You have, you, mu- you have to, right? I mean, that's just how everyone views it. I don't know if necessarily that's the case right now. I want to bl- – but like I said, every single time I say, oh, I, I don't think they're in any rush, you look at all these benchmarks that are coming up, TJ, and you're like, yeah, we probably need to be thinking sooner rather than later. That or you're selling your program very well and selling the fact that you're not coming here for a coach necessarily. You're coming here to play at the University of Oklahoma. So I don't know. That, that's that's interesting that you've got these windows now that you do have to make decisions quickly, it appears like, for programs, and probably a lot quicker than some want to in certain cases. Yeah, I, I will say the the interesting side of this is that as we sit here today, is there doesn't seem to be a max a mass exodus that's associated with this, right? A lot of people will say, well, look what happened when Sark left Texas. Left for Texas. He took Bo Davis and he took Jeff. Um, oh, who's the the pet monkey guy? Jeff oh, Banks. Jeff yeah, Banks. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. He took, I the think. Pet monkey. Yeah, he took, he took Kyle Flood with him, who was their offensive line coach. I mean, he took three position coaches with him to Texas and several other um, members of that support staff. But as we've pointed out, as much as you want to hate Texas, Sark went from Alabama to Texas, right? He went to a um, another SEC school. He went to a place where they're all going to get paid probably more money. Lebs, and no offense, he went to Starkville. He went to Mississippi State. We're not going to see a bunch of guys that are just lining up to leave their full-time position at OU to go to Mississippi State. Yeah, that's a tough decision. That's a long family decision. That's not, hey, look at this opportunity we're going from, uh, you know, well, you're not going the opposite way from Mississippi State to Oklahoma. Right, that's right. Yeah, that's right. And it, which would typically be the move that you would want to make. So we we've got a lot on it today. I mean, it's it's a lot of speculation. Um, I'm going to hit Eli's list, and we're going to talk about it at the bottom of the hour. But when we come back here on a very uh, unique Tuesday edition, because TJ is in with us for a bit. Josh has a few eyes to dots and T's to cross. We got our first look at some of the SEC dates for Oklahoma's 2024 schedule, and we'll dive into them coming up next. A spoiler alert if you were like waiting on this and you don't want to look at it until you get the full schedule. But we know that Tennessee and Alabama are coming to Norman on the uh, 21st of September for Tennessee and the 23rd of November for Alabama, which is surprising to me. 
because I thought Alabama might be I thought Alabama might be their SEC opener. Instead, it's going to be Tennessee. And that's going to be two high-profile young quarterbacks getting their first SEC start. We'll talk about it coming up on The Ref. That was quick. I thought you were going to be gone for like 30 minutes or no, something. No, 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 no. That's, that's what I was telling you. It ah. be swift. What so, did I miss? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. It was all good. We uh, mentioned something that I think a majority of Sooner Nation will get tired of hearing, which is not any news right now on the offensive coordinator front. But we're digging. Unfortunately, I have to put away the super secret textoso line during the show, so my buddies can't text us, so I won't be able to get any information during it. But we'll keep our fingers crossed. Boy, that's uh, that's going to take on a life of its own, isn't it? I mean, listen, I'm just here to make Honolulu sooner happy. I, if, if you want to text that super secret, you have to have some sort of cred in order to get read on this show. I don't know. Here's what I brought up with TJ. I don't think I have a good grasp of what the timeline needs to look like. And just let me throw this out here quickly, then we'll get to the schedule talk. Because here's where I'm perplexed, Josh. Do we – does Oklahoma need to get someone in quick? It's like, hey, 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 let's go. It's signing day right around the corner. It's um, portal season. You got to get someone in here. They got to know. Yeah, let's go. Or, or is it? Hey, this program is built on the foundation that Brent Venables has built. That basically, you you know you're going to have an offensive coordinator who's going to coordinate an explosive offense, right? And if if the principles are there that Oklahoma has has talked about and has preached, then you want that person, if it's another job that they're working, that they're leaving, you want to allow them to finish their business for if it's if they're playing in a conference championship game or if they're putting some finishing touches uh, touches on, I don't know, securing a recruiting class for the place they're leaving. So that that's where I'm torn. I don't know which one is more important because I think the old my old school thought was you got time. You got signing days not till February. You might have some decommits. You got time. I don't I don't know if that's the case anymore with the portal. I the, really don't. With the portal and the December early signing period has radically shifted this. Oh, absolutely. Uh, that That's the big one for me. But, uh, yeah, the, the portal, too. I mean, really probably both, right? The The roster construction side is different now than mm-hmm. it was 10 years ago. You can't wait. It's a whole new world. It's a it's a whole new world. So, 405-651-3439, that's, that's like my biggest question right now. Because I – I think we've got a pretty good handle on some of the names that are out there and some of the people that Oklahoma might be interested in and also understanding the candidates that are in-house. But I also, Josh, I don't – I'm perplexed by the timing of this and every single time I'm like, oh, they can wait, then I panic and I'm like, well, they better have someone by this weekend because when that portal opens, 
ah, you want to make sure you keep everyone or that you're able to go out and find someone that's able to, what's the best way to put this? Get the personnel they need, right? If there's going to be some changes that are going to be made as far as the offensive approach, do you need to have that guy in here to make sure that he's able to, to get the portal guys he wants, right? If it's, you know, hey, listen, I'm I'm coming in and we're running this. This is going to be less about the the hurry up. This is going to be more about the grind. We got to go get a couple more tight ends. What I don't know, whatever it might be, or we've got to have another couple tackles, or we've got to have a more powerful running back. More, we need more Tawi Walker types. I don't know. Because that window opens, is it? It's not Sunday. One, two, so December fourth. One, two. Oh, it is Sunday. Yeah, so it opens on Sunday. Ooh, I've been right. I've been right. Look at me. It rarely ever happens around here. Yeah, that Monday, Sunday's third, Monday's the fourth. That starts the week of our portal madness. And some guys have already said, "Hey, I'm in the portal." Right? Will Howard yesterday, I thought was a little bit of a shock. Riley Leonard hasn't quite entered the portal yet. We're just mentioning some of the big-name quarterbacks. Who was the – who's the guy that's been in the portal like five times? Max Johnson? And apparently he's already got a place he's landing. The LSU backup is going to go to North Carolina. Okay. <laughs> so let me get this right. You go in the portal, and immediately you have a spot that you're going. But, no, nah, there's not a big tampering issue. Though why would you be tampering with Max Johnson? I, 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 don't, I don't know. I digress. Is it tampering if uh, said player reaches out first? No, I don't think so. And there's so much that goes on that's a battle of semantics. Well, I didn't talk to the coaching staff. I talked to one of my friends who's on the roster. But uh, anyway, I, I don't Right, guess. and then friend on roster walks into uh, Matt Co- Brown's hey, office. You know, Coach, hey, Max Johnson might be interested in coming here. So, uh, anyway, that's where I'm confused, Josh. I don't know the, the timetable of this. Yeah, I would say – if you could get it done, this weekend would not be bad, right? If you could announce uh, an offensive coordinator on, say, Sunday morning, mm-hmm. wouldn't be wouldn't be altogether uh, disappointing. I was surprised as we quickly shift from the offensive coordinator talk to the schedule talk. I was a little bit surprised to see this pop out yesterday. And I don't know if this was just every so often ESPN is going to sprinkle a few nuggets as – to what the SEC schedule is going to look like next year, or the Southeastern Conference at that. But we got our first two dates confirmed for when Oklahoma will play an opponent. The SEC home opener will be September 21st, and it will be the return of Josh Heupel to Norman, as though you place Tennessee. Surprised to see Tennessee as the home opener in the SEC? Not necessarily, no. I kind of was. I thought it was going to be Alabama. Alabama is coming November 23rd. So a year from now, we'll be 23rd. Yeah, we'll be recapping the we'll be recapping the OU <laughs> Alabama game. Which at that point, November 23rd, you hope that Oklahoma's performed to the level where A, they're competing for an SEC title, and then B, Josh. They're competing for a spot in the 12-team playoff a year from now. But Tennessee, September 21st, Alabama, November 23rd. So that means if I understand the schedule correctly, 
OU will open at home on August 31st against Temple. They will then play Houston at home September 7th, followed by a home game against Tulane, and then they'll play at home against Tennessee on September 21st. That'll be four straight home games to start the season, including their SEC opener, which probably means there's going to be a um, there's going to be a lengthy stretch there where Oklahoma is going to play some games on the road, including in that would be the Red River rivalry. I it, assume in between the uh, Tennessee and Alabama dates, right? Yeah, the um, I saw I saw this on my Twitter feed last night, and let me try to okay, this was uh, on George Stoya's feed. Someone said that means if Tennessee is September 21st and Bama is November 23rd, that leaves just one conference home game in the span of two months. South Carolina somewhere in there, yeah. and that's it. Yeah. Uh, and George said that's the downside of starting the season with four straight home games. I'd expect South Carolina to be late October and Maine to be the week or two before Alabama. Oh, so he doesn't. Ex- they're not expecting Maine to be there in the early season. They're expecting Maine to be that rando non-conference game against a softie that SEC teams have. Okay. That makes a little bit more sense. Did I mention that? No, okay. Because it was Houston, Tulane, uh, Temple, Houston, Tulane, and then Tennessee. So, right, that Maine game would be somewhere later in the season. I forgot about I keep forgetting about that, Josh. Gosh, that that means oh, you might be going to Auburn and LSU in back to back weekends. Is that speculative right there that you're looking at? This is all okay. After Alabama, it's all obviously to be announced dates. So there's there's no rhyme or reason to why these teams are put in any particular order. I will say I do have one request. I do not want the main game to be the season finale. <laughs> Please, please, no. Let's keep that final weekend of the season with a little bit of juice. Kind of makes it seem real that they're going to the SEC when you look at the schedule and you get these dates, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's indeed happening. That's not an easy non-con, man. Well, Tulane's, Tulane's obviously a good program right now. Potentially on their way to another New Year's Day 6 Bowl. Houston is... Going to have a new head coach, so they'll be coming in here with some new energy. But I'll tell you what I'm excited about. That and I don't. Have you looked at what Tennessee's non-conference schedule looks like? Is there any way you can pull that up real quick? That's going to be for a Tennessee. That's going to be the debut of their of their stud quarterback, right? That's gonna, the the guy who was also a a volleyball player was one of the top volleyball players in the country. Nico L- Lamaleva, Yamaleva, am I close on any of them? Sure. I call him Nico. Um, former five star prospect. They'll have uh, Saturday, September seventh versus North Carolina Ooh. State. This is this Tennessee's schedule, real quick. Just you know, Chattanooga. Versus NC State, Kent State in uh, Knoxville, and then at Oklahoma. Okay. I got a little bit of an update. I guess T-Row was talking about this. This was off the super secret Textoso line. I'm sorry, Honolulu Sooner. 
But he said that means the final game of the year is either going to be at Missouri or at LSU because we know the Ole Miss game is the Egg Bowl that week, and we know Auburn's going to play Alabama that week. I'm guessing we're headed to Columbia, Missouri Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah, That's just a guess, by the way, on all part. That'd be fun. I'm down for that. I'd probably have to take family to that, though. My wife would want to tell everybody about the college she went to over there, which isn't Missouri, Westminster or something like that. But, yeah, I uh, I like the way you're thinking. Does Missouri play? Is that do they? Ha- is there A&M game that – are there Ar- – their Arkansas game was earlier in the year, right? No, no, Missouri has had Arkansas late in the season, right? And that could still be their Thanksgiving date for one another. Huh, in- interesting. Maybe we're home for South. No, that'd be too long. That'd be too long between home games. I will leave the schedule decisions to those like T-Row and others smarter than me. But he's right. Auburn and Alabama, they play the final week of the season. Is uh, The Egg Bowl is, at, is Thanksgiving. Is so. Arkansas, Missouri's permanent? That's a good-looking question. I would assume it is. I would assume it is. But I would also add that I feel like Arkansas, Missouri is kind of one of those – SEC games that we try to build up that's just not (laughs) oh yeah there it is so there you go either that or we play Maine on Thanksgiving (laughs) I guess that's possible too I guess that's possible too anyway I um I got really pumped last night when I saw that it was a nice unexpected surprise Surprise, surprise. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, look, we've got a couple of SEC dates that we can start looking forward to. So do with them what you may. Start your projections now. But at the very least, we know OU is going to open the season on August 31st against Temple. September 7th, likely against Houston. September 14th, against Tulane. And then the SEC opener will be September 21st against Tennessee. And the only other date we know is November 23rd against Alabama, which, gosh, that means that means we're playing Alabama the week before the Iron Bowl. Because usually the Iron Bowl, both of those teams are playing scrub you going into that. No offense to New Mexico State who beat the snot out of Auburn. This past year, huh. was there any confirmation that you could find on the uh, on the permanent schedule for Missouri? The yeah, permanent I th- four. I think it's uh, Arkansas. Yeah, okay. So there you go. But I will say they uh, they were talking about the future of that game being in Dallas of Arkansas and Missouri. So we'll see. All right, quick break. When we come back, let's hit the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Some good ones already in, 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. It is a busy, busy Tuesday right here on The Wrap. Plank Show, we are back. Back with you, hour number one, brought to us by Van Hoos Fence. That's vhfence.com. Check them out. Give them a call, 405-735-1167, or online, vhfence.com, because as we know, though it's getting a little frosty outside, spring will be here before we know it, and you want that fence 
in tip-top shape. To the text line we go. That is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. True Sooner. Chris, the November 23rd Alabama date tells me the SEC wants to highlight the OU-Bama game as one of those big late-season must-see television championship ramification games. I got to look at the schedule of what the the calendars look like for – oh, here we go. November 2024. So an 11-23 game against Alabama is not Thanksgiving week, so they keep that Auburn game, I would assume, on November 30th because Thanksgiving next year is November 28th. So someone had texted oh, – I, I, I meant to – there were two texts that I didn't get on the prep page quick enough. And it was like, I can't imagine oh, you turning around and playing a Black Friday game after playing the, the 23rd. Yeah, no, that, they're not playing a Black Friday game next year. That's not a thing in the SEC. Outside of the rivalries, outside of the traditional games that are there. So that was, that was a Big 12 thing. That's not going to be an SEC thing unless there's a rivalry that develops and that's where they end up making their hay, if you will. So, Oklahoma, are they going to have a regular Thanksgiving opponent? I mean, it doesn't seem like it, right? No, it doesn't seem like it, does it? You've you've got the OU-Texas game as your permanent. Mm -hmm. This is why, to me, I always wanted the schedule to get to nine games so you could – you could play around with more permanent opponents? I think it will. I think it's inevitable. I just – I I firmly believe that it's going to take a little bit more of a sales pitch and Oklahoma and Texas having a more active voice. 366 is – it's just great. Because it's easy. Th- then you've got three built in. We're going to play these every year. That's you rotate right. everybody else. and And you get the best of everything. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, where do you want to go next here? Uh, from the 405, just a thought on the OC. I think if it's coming from inside the program, we'll know before the weekend. I actually think that the coach is still coaching this weekend, so it won't be announced until after their championship game. What do you think? Yeah, I guess I guess that for me is what has been the great mystery in this. Is it a coach that's coaching this weekend? That's that's all y'all's boy, like a, a Willie Corn, right? Or if it's a Marion, Sean Marion, because UNLV is coaching this weekend. Or if it's a Ryan Grubb, because Washington is playing this weekend and he's coaching. I don't Stein a, Stein and Grubb. I don't think uh, either of those two. I like Ryan Grubb. I do, but I'm I'm okay with Oklahoma. If, if you're going to go poach someone out west, give me Ludwig out of Utah. I think – I don't know a lot about him, but everyone that – everyone that I have talked to that's not within the Oklahoma circle about this, that's one of the first names they bring up. Which, by the way, another name they bring up is Chad Moore, so I will not – I mentioned it once and got flamed for it on here, but I just – Letting you know that people were not excited about that. People are not excited to hear about that, but it's it's something that's been brought up. Um, how about this text real quick? Vinny Paul writes, Eli coming up with a to-do list for the OUOC? Come on. 
This is no different than A&M saying they discovered four things championship teams have in common. The biggest factor in this hire, can he keep the current roster slash recruiting together? Well, you say that, Vinny, until he runs jet sweeps. Yeah, until he coaches. Until <laughs> until the bell rings, as Bruce Pritchard likes to say. But, yeah, I don't – I just – hey, man, I need content, Vinny Paul. We don't have a game to look forward to for a while. I thought it was a really good piece as far as what might be – what might be what Oklahoma is looking for. Or, at the very least, the first – operational needs once you get in there as the offensive coordinator. Well, and that's that's the list of accomplishments that you want to you want to get accomplished, right? right? Number 1 is keep the roster intact but keep the recruiting class intact, but then beyond that, Oklahoma needs a great offensive coordinator. This is OU. You're going to the SEC. You need one of the great offensive minds in all of college football. So, it, no, it's not the the biggest factor in this hire. Just hey, can he keep the roster and recruiting together? They need to be a great coach too. Yeah, I think in the short term, and it's understandable that everyone is just thinking about, wow, is, is this going to keep Jackson Arnold happy? That's all I is Jackson Arnold going to be happy? And then you know he immediately becomes. What what about what about the kind of offense we're going to run? What's that going to look like? What's that gonna, <laughs> what's that going to be? I would rather hire the greatest offensive coordinator and lose a player or two than keep everybody and hire an average offensive coordinator. You need a great coach. Oh, that's right. You need a great football coach, and I think they'll do a good job of keeping the roster together. But I don't. I don't necessarily know if like I'm looking at it, it's like, no, he better be able to recruit. Yeah, he's going to – it's a Brent Venables coach. He's going to be able to recruit. But his number one number one job is to get good players and have a good offense. <laughs> I mean, to, now that we pretend as if – I'm not saying Vinny Paul's doing this, but some people just pretend like the coaching side of it is, oh, we just got to keep this roster. We got to keep these players. Like – they got to run an offense, guys. Let's, let's got to keep that in mind here, too. And they Captain Obviousing for you. They need to be able to sequence plays. That was probably the biggest problem that we had at times with Jeff Levy, right? Right. It wasn't that you ran a jet sweep. It's the multitude of right. jet sweeps and when the jet sweep happens. And you need somebody that understands that and can feel the game. Tempo, right? We, we said at times weren't crazy about the tempo. Can't be solely driven by tempo need to be able to adjust on the fly great offensive coordinators can can feel that can sense that can adjust um and then there was spence that was pushing for an lsu night game on november 30th but you know i don't know it's the lsu texas a&m game so basically, they're campaigning for alabama at home and then lsu the yeah. following week yeah, let's go back to back <laughs> no thank you LSU and Arkansas – I'm sorry. LSU and Texas A&M have played every year since 2011. They started whenever LSU – whenever A&M came to the SEC playing it Thanksgiving weekend. And I I don't see any reason why that would change because we're going on – 
let's see, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, like at least 12 years, 13 years they've played this game in and around that date. So I don't know if that's going to happen. But then LSU and Arkansas would always play around this date too. And then all of a sudden A&M just came in and replaced them. Weaseled their way in. We, I mean, literally, LSU and Arkansas always seemed like it was a game that was played around that time period. It was. It was like the Friday after the – and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, no, 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 let's do LSU and A&M here. So I don't know – Ratings. I don't know what, what that tradition looks like and if it's one of those where they're staunch and they're like, yes, that's what we're going to do. That was a big-time mistake too. LSU-Arkansas was awesome this time of year. Um, and you know what's funny about it is how – is I'll never, ever forget Darren McFadden – coming off the field with like a paddle and his thing was we got that wood we got that wood <laughs> LSU maybe this was part of it Josh LSU would won, won seven of the last eight meetings against Arkansas yeah I, well it was a it was a great game that was not competitive in terms of wins and yeah losses. I mean look look I, I just so I watched way too many reels last look at here look 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 at here look at here I, I've been hanging around too many people from Arkansas I think I'm just nostalgic about <laughs> that game for some reason. Uh, so, in on November 14th, I'm sorry, sorry, 2014 was the first time that it wasn't played on Thanksgiving weekend between Arkansas and LSU. Oh, my gosh, since 1995. Basically since uh, they joined the league, right? Right. And then all of a sudden they decided, no, 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 you guys, uh, we're going to put A&M and – in LSU. Here. I mean, let's call it what it is. I think they thought that they had a game that was going to rate better. Right. You're probably right. You're probably right. Okay, quick break. When we when we come back. By the way, Loco, Ohio, I love you. You can stop sending the text. Frank Reich is not going to be the next offensive coordinator at hey. Oklahoma. <laughs> you won't even explore it? I love it. But there has been in some way, shape, or form a text from Loco, Ohio that says, Frank Reich, that's my pick for OC. Just look at the 2017 Eagles Super Bowl run. I know it won't happen, but dang it, I'm going to say it till someone else is hired. Well, you're on a good track record so far, Loco, Ohio. <laughs> All right, quick break. Um, I have a, I have a theory, question, observation that I got to ask and get your guys, get y'all's take on it, involving the 12 team playoff. We'll dive into it next, right here on the ref. So I guess there is a very distinct possibility of spending Thanksgiving in Baton Rouge. So the SEC has, it seems, tried to find a way to make something with LSU happen Black Friday, Thanksgiving weekend, right? Arkansas for years and years and years. A&M, since they became an official member of the league, has always been on that Friday with LSU but I mean now this wasn't announced in the new release but if you go back in the history of the Texas Texas A&M rivalry they started playing each other in uh, 1894 (laughs) but since about 1916 it's about every single game has been on Thanksgiving weekend sure so 
A&M's already had it announced in this release that came out that they're not playing LSU on Thanksgiving weekend. That is, let me see here, I just had this right in front of me. Um, that's going to be like October, let's see here. Yeah, October 26th. So LSU knows October 26th, they've got A&M in College Station. And November 9th, they'll play Alabama in Baton Rouge. If we know that Texas and Texas A&M are going to play on Thanksgiving weekend, and we know what Arkansas and Oklahoma aren't playing each other this year in the first year of the SEC, then dang, I guess that is a possibility. I don't like it. I don't like going Alabama, LSU, back-to-back, that's for sure. I'm but, starting to get talked into the exciting nature of it. But you're right, Hotland Sooner uh, was the first one on it. He writes, I hate to fade the KRF staff, but since Texas A&M has already been announced for rivalry weekend, we will be in Baton Rouge Thanksgiving weekend. Fade away, baby. But has it been? An, I, I listen. I don't think that. I don't think there's anything official yet. But I think it'd be natural, right? But for the most part, Josh, has anything gone as we thought would be the easiest way to do it in this process so far? No, no. Ah, oh, the craziness of the schedule next year is fantastic. It's the ref.